Hello and welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. My name is Pat Soroyce, and with me as always is my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, Pat. How's it going? Pretty good. Just uh, sitting here in the post-turkey wasteland that is Black Friday and just kind of uh, uh, vibing, man. <laughs> just hanging out. Oh, yeah. Did you get any, did you get any deals today? No, no, I didn't really do any. Uh, I don't really get down on the on the Black Friday uh, run out stuff. Uh, Respect. Yeah, I just kind of just hang in the crib. Um, I get <laughs> I, I get stuff when I need it. I, I don't when I don't. You know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was fun though. I had a really good Thanksgiving. We talked about it in the uh, in the Patreon episode, and so we're not gonna talk about it here. Yeah, because you guys Patreon dot com. Yeah, <laughs> Patreon dot com slash lie cheat and steal and D. Yeah. We just did our NFT episode. Yes, so, uh, check that out. Yeah, a lot of people asked about the NFT episode, man. So we gave it as a uh, you know as a gift for the followers, and uh, it was a really fun one. I, I learned a lot about NFTs. Um, but uh, yeah, I've just been sitting chilling, ate a bunch of food yesterday. And oh, yeah. yeah, now I'm just in that little food coma. I went out to breakfast with my girlfriend today. And, like we got there late, like, just like couldn't even eat breakfast. Like we just weren't even hungry. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. I've been managing to uh, <coughs> to keep eating. So I'm at my parents' house, and I feel like any time I'm at my parents' house, I'm eating like a goddamn maniac. Oh, it's time so. to scarf. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was up in New England recently. I was up in Waterbury, uh, Connecticut, and then I. I uh, went and actually instead of like we were supposed to, supposed to go to the hotel afterwards and like, get up early to leave the next morning I said I drove an hour to my cousin's house and hung out like right next to the Massachusetts border it was fun nice yep nice um, but yeah uh, so we're, we're we're here we're uh, knocking these new ones out I'm back in Austin off the road uh, I just so I listened to, I, I heard this story and I was like man we don't normally do stuff that involves uh, you know violence really uh, you know mm-hmm. but so like heads up trigger warning up top this do, this does um uh, this does involve a, ca- a case of uh, self influence I, I, I almost want to get... Basically, this, uh, this is t- sensitive t- subjects such as suicide uh, and, uh, and murder are going to be broached in this okay. episode. So, but it's, it's, just, it's a fascinating story. And I think um, it just... Kind of the, the thing that the, the, the trials we've been watching in the news and like what, you know, uh, wondering aloud about our, uh, our relationship with police and their role in our society. I think this is a really good one. And so okay. today, yeah. So today, I wanted to talk about the story of Joe Glinowitz. Joe uh, Glinowitz. Joe Glinowitz. This story, the initial part of the story made a lot of a lot of headlines. The follow-up to it did not. And we will go to it. We're going to see why. So we're going to go back to uh, September 1st, 2015 in Fox Lake, Illinois. Now, Fox okay. Lake is a small town about an hour north of Chicago. Uh, and it's a town that's like a, it's a lake town. So it's just a nonstop party from May to September. Uh, this nice. is where like a lot of like, you know, people that live in Chicago and own boats, take their boats out, uh, you know, just uh, like a fun town. And yeah. now outside of those months, it's a relatively quiet place. Uh, the season was nearing a close the morning that Fox Lake Police Lieutenant Joe Glenowitz was driving to work. Now, Joe was known as G.I. Joe to folks on the force, due partly to his gung-ho attitude, uh, but also because of his appearance. Joe had spent a few years in the Army and maintained the high and tight haircut and chiseled physique for his entire 30-year career on the Fox Lake Police Department. Now, I mean, good for him for staying in shape, but yeah. like when I, when I see that haircut out in the wild, oh. I... I get as far away as I can. Yeah, That's, he, has, he has. I don't want that. He has the highest tightest. It's it's it's. <laughs> never has a high been more tight uh, than it was on Joe Glenowitz's head. Now, as a kid, my dad was in the military, and my dad made me get. Uh, 
high and tight and haircuts. However, Ooh. I've posted pictures of my dad before. My dad had beautiful hair that he took great care of and always looked. Like, so I was like, you got me out here looking like a fucking jarhead, and you look like, <laughs> yeah, you look like 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 mid eighties Pacino. Thank you. I don't think that's very. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his shit was gorgeous. He would never get a high and tight haircut. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so now Joe and also Joe kept his like stayed in shape. You know, saying he was like. Uh, in shape, dude. Which again, my, my dad did that. Whenever he would, he would have to go get refitted for uniforms, he would be so frustrated. What can I get refitted for? I'm the same size. They're not the same size. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, now at this point, he had been on the um, he had been on the uh, Fox Lake Police Department for 30 years. Uh, he had joined in 1985. It's 2015 at this point. So he's buff, buff as hell, covered in tattoos. He also often set aside his police uniform for a pair of army fatigue pants and a tight-fitting polo. So he just looked like an action figure, this guy. So they called yeah. him G.I. Joe. So Joe's route to work took him past an old abandoned concrete mill. Now this location had become a hot spot for squatters, and Joe had told his colleagues that he'd be keeping a close eye on it, seeing as how he, uh, he passed by it every day. So that morning at 7.52 a.m., Joe radioed dispatch and told him that he saw three men described by Joe as two males white, one male black. The dispatcher asked Joe if he needed backup, and Joe said no. A few minutes later, he radioed dispatch to let him know he was in pursuit of the suspects, and then he requested backup. So at 8.09 a.m., officers responding to his request for backup discovered his deceased body in a marsh about 50 yards from his vehicle. According to reports, the first bullet from his 40 caliber semi-automatic handgun had struck his mobile phone and ballistic vest, while the second pierced his upper chest. Uh, his head was scraped and bruised. The swampy terrain otherwise was otherwise undisturbed. And his handgun was not found for more than an hour, even though it was less than three feet from his body. That's like how dense the growth was. So, Damn. okay. Yeah, other pieces of his police equipment, including his radio, taser, and pepper spray, were found scattered nearby in the marsh as well. So, as you would imagine, a region-wide manhunt. Uh, just was soon underway with officers from neighboring precincts uh, flooding Fox Lake to offer resources and support. Now, the the guy named George Falinko, uh, which uh, interesting name. Um, I like it. Yeah, yeah Falinko. That's like very. I I I feel like that is very like Chicago suburbs. Like I can just <laughs> yeah. That the, being said, in a Chicago accent, you these know? guys all sound like that. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Uh, well, th- that's. I'm sure they're like going nuts because I feel like that's like a very not that there's any good place in America. For killing a cop and getting away with it, but like that place, they're gonna yeah, they're, they're gonna call in the big guns for sure. For sure, yeah. And, and George Felico, this guy, he seems like a pretty cool dude. He uh, he was a, the neighboring, he was a police chief of a neighboring city, and he was part of a, like a, essentially like the the head of a major crimes task force. That when something would happen, they would all like join forces and you know uh, mm-hmm. kick in like uh, you know like uh, <laughs> damn it. Ah, uh, the robot that is a bunch of different robots put together. Voltron. Anyway, so... Transformers. Trans, yeah, 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 well, yeah he, they all come together. And so this guy, uh, interesting character, Felico, he didn't join the... He didn't become a police officer until he was 45 uh, because he was not... Uh, he didn't have uh, good enough vision. <laughs> they changed vision requirements and he was able to become a police officer in his 40s. And I think... Uh, in the in the documentaries and uh, interviews I've seen with the guy, I think that's why he seems like a pretty level headed, down to earth guy because he had to be like a real person until he was forty five. You know? Yeah, it's like if you get famous young, it like fucks you up forever. Yeah, exactly. If you become a cop young, it's it it totally ruins your. Yeah, 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 psychology. yeah. Just yeah, throw it away, start all over. It's no, no, not yeah. worth saving. But <laughs> so uh, yeah, so George Falinko, 
uh, you know, immediately called the task force. And as he put it, I, I, he said, I told every guy there that that they weren't fucking dead or in another fucking country. They had to get down to Fox Lake, <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, uh, pretty fun. He's one of those guys who still thinks it's really cool to say the F word. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So. Uh, the task force soon mobilized. They tried to track down these mysterious three men who had just killed an officer with his own gun. And uh, yeah, you might have seen it in the movies, but like when when an officer is down, like it, every law enforcement or even the people that are tangential law enforcement mobilize. They kick in. Yeah. And, they call in the cavalry for yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's what happened here. Uh, the whole town was terrified. Uh, that an armed gunman was on the loose and that they were just getting flooded when people were coming in from neighboring precincts and counties dropping off trucks. Hey, you guys need helicopters. Um, but you guys all- need helicopters. Uh, yeah, 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 you just, guys, yeah. I can't not do <laughs> yeah. a Chicago accent. <laughs> hey, you, hey, you guys need these helicopters right here. I got these right here. Uh, so yeah, they all fucking, they, they all start rolling up. Uh, it actually becomes a little bit too much. It's a little chaos at this point because uh, Fox Lake, their police chief had retired unexpectedly the week before. And so they were in kind of like an interim where it's kind of hard to tell who's in charge anyways. And now you have this huge fucking, you know, officer down case and people are just flooding in and it just kind of turns into a circus. Like, uh, at one point Felico said they had like trucks pulling up, handing out like power raids and hot dogs. And people was like, I, I thought it was at a fucking circus. Not, not at. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so yeah. So at this point now, this is a, a lake town who it's nearing the end of the season, but they have their one big last hurrah. It's Labor Day. You know, it's Labor Day weekend at a lake town, you know. And so they're about to like, so all these people are to show up. They have all these police departments showing up. And now they have to do an officer's funeral, which they did on Labor Day. So it's just a <laughs> lot going on in this town. Yeah. Uh, but also to put this in context, this is 2015. So this was a year after Michael Brown was murdered by the police in Ferguson. So this was the start of the Blue Lives Matter response. And this is also shortly after those cops had been ambushed in Dallas. So oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this case made national news. It was immediately attached to the narrative of a possible hate crime against police. And right. there is no shortage of local news uh, reports that are just wild speculation. You know, you know, and it's just so terrible to commit a hate crime against the police because like. They can't help it. You know, they were born that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't. Yeah, it wasn't like Oh, wait. No, that's absolutely (laughs) not true. Why would that be a hate crime? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, you know, like like, when I went to a six-week, a six-month course and decided to be white. Right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When I decided to be white specifically because I wanted to be racist. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so this is uh, this is what is happening. It's a media circus and spiraling out of control. Uh, now George Felico had a tough task ahead of him, so uh, so he dove into the case and began conducting interviews with those closest to Joe in an effort to better understand his victim. Now here's a guy, this this Joe dude. He was in the, he was in the army. He was covered in tattoos. He had a, one tattoo that was an angel holding a machine gun. Hell <laughs> like, yeah. yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He chain smoked two packs a day, but was in like peak physical condition. Yeah, uh, yeah. was just like uh, he, like it was just like a, a character for sure. Uh, he used to this co- guy like this guy's uh, son grows up to be like a sensitive indie filmmaker. He just, <laughs> yeah, like, right. Makes a move like this guy just seems like every bad dad in like a. 2000s indie movie for sure know? yeah that that's that's this guy man like he uh, uh he's one of those guys that like he was in the military and he does law enforcement so he never stops speaking out like in those parameters so like yeah. he was the kind of guy when he would wake up and get coffee he would say he would just uh 
Status report. Vertical and caffeinated. <laughs> and like I don't I don't know like, like I was never in the military, but my parents were both in the military. I grew up on military bases, yeah. And I know you didn't have much exposure to that. That is there's guys out there who are just like when they join the military, they're like, Oh fucking thank God I have a personality now. And I can just be this guy. Yeah. And I used to think these guys were really funny and that they always said really cool things. And then I watched Full Metal Jacket when I was like nineteen and I was like, <laughs> Oh, they were just repeating everything that guy said. So, yeah, literally my whole life, I was like, what? Reach around. This guy, this guy's a class. This guy's a riot. (laughs) (laughs) So, George Felico has to, like, get to this guy who, like, who has all the makings of, you know, like, just being, like, like, he seems like an abrasive asshole to us. But in law enforcement circles, like, guys like that are fucking celebrated, you know? Like, this is, uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody's favorite fucking dude, you know, or has all the ingredients to be everyone's favorite dude. So... Mm. He starts to to dig into uh, to to his victim, you know. He t- tries to find out who Joe Glinowitz was, and so he started by talking with people closest to him, starting with his coworkers. And with every conversation he had, he started to see a layer stripped away from this guy Joe. So Don De- Don Desari was a sergeant at Fox Lake PD. She had worked with Joe for 15 years at the department and knew him before that because he was the instructor of the Fox Lake PD Police Explorer, Explorers Program. Basically like a high school, like an ROTC for cops. Yeah. You yeah. definitely want this guy to ha- to mold the minds of kids. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want like, you want to tell, yeah, you want to talk to a 15-year-old kid like about having sex with a fat girl. I'm like, throw and flower and hit the wet spot. You're like, oh, okay. That's who you want here. <laughs> That is like, yeah, that is exactly what all of these guys. Yeah, yeah, shit like that is hilarious to them. <laughs> so, uh, so she, yeah, so she knew him at the Explorers at the Explorers program because she was in that program. So Dawn Desari, yeah, she she knew him back when she was still in high school, and uh, so Joe had ran this program, this this Explorer program. He ran it for like twenty years, and it was a passion project of Joe's that had kind of become his main focus at work in recent years. In fact, according to Dawn. Uh, it was all he really did, to the point where his work would often land on her desk. And she said she wasn't even shocked that Joe stopped to investigate the concrete mill that day because he was hardly ever at roll call anyways. And he often used things like traffic stops or following up a lead as an excuse to be late for work, which is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> that, yeah, gotta respect that. That is like... That's one type of cop abusive power that I'm like fine with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't actually do the traffic stops, but like just say that's what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be like, oh yeah, no, I couldn't make it in. It was a attempted robbery. I just, so I talked to guy. Sorry, I was busy doing my damn job. Yeah, yeah. That's why I wasn't here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, I wasn't sitting sitting around the the donut box in the coffee machine listening to that guy talk. I was out doing police work. (laughs) Meanwhile, yeah, he was just also getting donuts, but somewhere else. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was like his his passion project was this this pro this program, and it was kind of becoming problematic because like, like you know, there's a lot more as a police lieutenant that you have to do other than run the high school outreach program, and mm-hmm. uh, and he wouldn't do it. So it started to become increasingly clear to George that this girl uh, that this girl Dawn did not really care for Joe. He's like, okay, well that's what right. that is. So next, they decided to search Joe's office. So it was cluttered with boxes of Explorer program finals and files and training equipment laying everywhere. And they searched his desk, and they found a small baggie of cocaine. <gasps> and they were like, what the flip? Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, so they find some coke, and they're like, okay. They, he was like, first of all, I need to go through the, there are realistic reasons for a cop to have a bag of coke in his desk. You know, like, you can't right. just immediately discount those. Uh, I mean, he, namely among them, that cop is doing cocaine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably number one. <laughs> 
yeah. but there are others. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. That is number one with a bullet, but there yeah. are others. You've never seen a cop bump so many cigarettes. You know <laughs> So, yeah, so he, they found the bag of cocaine, and they were like, okay, well, we had to look at, like, what could it be? And he was like, but, right. you know, this guy's been working with this high school outreach program. He hasn't made a traffic stop in fucking, you know, in years. He hasn't worked on a case. You know, he barely does police right. work. So, All he does is hang out with teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. It's totally respectable. Now, uh, <laughs> yeah, and so they were like, okay, also, they were like, if he was, like, a rookie, they're like, I could see a rookie leaving evidence at his desk. Like, but this guy's like, you right. know, so this was weird. So that changed the course of the investigation. So here, you know, so next on the list was they had to talk to Joe's wife, Melody Glinowitz. Now, if you were to look at uh, her Facebook page and ask her, she would say, hey, we had a very happy relationship. Uh, they went on like multiple vacations a year and they had a standing uh, twice a week lunch date that they would do. Aww. So, yeah, and they would go out. They would always they would always take a selfie and they would post it on the Facebook feed and then get some cute. lunch. Yeah, cute stuff. Melody told us, like, man, I lost my best friend. That's why that guy's my best friend. And so. Then they started to talk to Joe's brother, Mike. And Mike was like, yeah, that's all bullshit, man. <laughs> <Like that>. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no. Uh, <clears throat> he said, Mike said that the spark had been out of their marriage like long ago. But in recent years, she had caught Joe cheating on her so many times that she eventually told him that, oh, and, and finally she had photographic evidence. He was sending like shirtless pictures of himself to other women uh, mm -hmm. in the community who had probably like fucked up a lot of his relationships. So he, uh, so she said, she basically threatened to divorce Joe and expose yeah. him if he didn't take her on multiple vacations a year and go <laughs> and take her to lunch twice a week. <laughs> That's so, I'm so sad for her. Cause like ask for more, like yeah. fuck that guy be like, I'm going to expose you unless you send me on vacation. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. like you don't get to come. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then she would, she would always demand that it be, it be documented with a selfie and put on yeah. his Facebook page. So it's going to make it a lot harder. So, right. So yeah. ladies know it's like when you see a guy on social media, whose bio is like, love my wife. It's like that guy got caught. Love yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So he like, and then also this is a funny detail. So while they were at, so Joe's brother, Mike was a firefighter in another town and he, he had the, the reaction you would imagine to him thinking that his brother, you know, was murdered. Uh, he was like, you know, Take your safeties off, boys. Shoot to kill. And they right. were like, they were like, okay, we got to keep an eye on this guy because he might do something stupid, you know. So yeah. they went over to go talk to him. That's when they found this information out. And Felico says that him and his partner, before they went over there, they went and stopped and ate Mexican food. And then they get there, and homeboy was just like, his partner was like, I have to shit right now. And so he asked, <laughs> <laughs> he asked his like crazy brother if he could use his restroom. He goes, yeah, go ahead. And Felico's like, yeah, man, he's in there for like 15 minutes, dude. <laughs> and, uh, Why is this part of the like, documentary? <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. It was important that they said it, though, because he goes. <laughs> so by the time he comes out, Mike is like, hey, man, I knew what you were doing in there. You were putting bugs, like putting listening devices in my bathroom. And the, guy, <laughs> and the guy was like, I assure you, I was not. I was I was either that or shit on your couch. Like I'm I was, <laughs> I mean. Regardless, either way, you can't use that bathroom anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Putting bugs in it or not, whatever I did in it, you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right about that. You're gonna want to move to a different neighborhood, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they end up getting like run out of this guy's house. He's like, "Oh, I know you put bugs in my bathroom," and he's like, "Man, all I had to do was take a shit." I just thought that was a funny detail. That uh, was really funny. Yeah. So then they, uh, so and then like, what was wild was like. Uh, 
Yeah, they so they, they also if you remember his one of the bullets had gone through his his cell phone. And mm-hmm. so they were like, Well, we gotta see what's on his cell phone. We gotta find out, you know, what was going on in his life. Maybe that'll help shed some clues. So they they, they sent it off, long shot, sent it to the FBI, takes him a few weeks, the FBI is able to get all of the data off the phone. So nice. they sent it to Falinka. I and feel like a, a shot cell phone is in itself suspicious because it's like there's some shit on there. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why you shoot a cell phone. Yeah, and like now, like I, you've probably seen a lot of cops when they have like their whole fucking tactical gear on. They they have like like they clip their phones to like the front of their their, their stuff. You know, it's in a, it's in a place. Yeah. It's not just like in their pocket like a normal goddamn person. It's like you right. Know, it's, yeah, no, they have like a whole separate holster for it. Like yeah. everything else. I got a tactical clip with a retractable military issue selfie stick. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so. They get they get the 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 little SIM card back and they start going through all the messages, uh, and like and they were you know they were happy they were able to get them but they had sixty five hundred deleted messages so it's a lot of work to go through. So these messages showed that Joe was in a state of almost a near constant state of financial worry. Uh, he was just always like frantically spinning plates to keep his life together. Uh, he would argue with his oldest son about a loan he gave him to fix his truck. Uh, he would argue with his wife about the mortgage. Now, a standout contact of Joe's, though, was a woman named Katie Graham. So, Katie Graham, they knew about Katie Graham because they had found a handwritten uh, birthday card to Joe in, in their office. So, like, okay, maybe there's something more going on here, you know? Like, maybe mm-hmm. they were, you know, lovers or together or whatever. Yeah, so Katie, you know, Katie Graham, she was Joe's assistant for the Explorer program. And it became clear the two were engaged in an extremely one-way flirtatious relationship. <laughs> like, uh, basically all their texts were just him, like, sending her shirtless photos and her being like, hey, Joe, don't do this. Stop. <laughs> um, which is just has to, like, if, if you keep doing that after, like, that's, and not only is that, like, you know, assault and shitty, it's also just very sad. Like, if, yeah, if the woman pathetic. you're, if the woman you're trying, like, there's nothing worse than a guy who is trying and failing to cheat on his wife. That's like the saddest yeah. dude. That is dark. That is yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. Like the guy who would, who is only like is faithful to his wife despite his best efforts. Like yeah. <laughs> so against yeah. his will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Involuntarily <laughs> faithful. Yeah. Yeah, involuntarily monogamous. So. <laughs> so when investigators spoke to Katie, yeah, she told them about this. Now and then she was also it was also revealed that in addition to being the creepy guy that sends her. Uh, shirtless photos of himself even though she asked him to stop they also found out that he was also katie's father-in-law which, oh my goodness yeah okay. so yeah this is a weird another weird twist about this you know this this guy who they were like oh this is just a super cop nope he taught his oldest son his oldest son was serving the military so he uh convinced this katie girl to marry his son on paper uh, so that he would get increased pay and benefits. And then he said, in turn, he would uh, extend his health insurance to her daughter. <laughs> which, okay. Which, growing up in a military area, that is not uncommon. Like, like that does happen. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's not, it's usually more than likely is like people get married because they think they're in love and then it turns out they're, they're just 18. And then, you know, right. and then they're not in love. But like, that's a thing that, you know, there's benefits being married in the military. And then like, uh, his son like was reported as being like, you know, like I was skeptical that my dad and Katie were just friends and it turns out they were just <laughs> friends because she wouldn't fuck his dad. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they, they, so they, they discover this and then Katie was also quick to say, and by the way, I never received any of the money or was never able to get my daughter to go see any military doctors. So that didn't yeah, work out Yeah, it didn't either. work out for her at all. Yeah. And what the text also revealed 
was that in the days leading up to his death, Joe had been frantically exchanging messages with his good friend. I mentioned him a little earlier, the police chief that had unexpectedly retired the week before. A uh, mm-hmm. guy named Mike Behan. Uh, he was the Fox Lake, Fox Lake police chief. Mike Behan had unexpectedly retired the week before Joe's death. And their texts uh, were primarily about their common enemy, the newly appointed village administrator, a woman named Ann Marin. So Ann Marin was a no-nonsense type who was brought in to reel in kind of the inefficient government of Fox Lake. Uh, mm-hmm. it was like they, were, they were hemorrhaging money. Um, you know, there's a lot of like a lot of waste, a lot of abuse. And so she was like, okay, they, they're getting there and kind of clean things up. So she walks in and she just sees an immediate problem in Joe. She's like, okay, here's this guy. He misses roll call every morning. Uh, when he does, if, he, and if he's late, he just lies and said that he was doing traffic stops. Uh, you know, he he wears civilian clothing to work. Uh, he keeps his own hours, never does his actual job, and he has free reign of a program that's intended to be a small, inexpensive sort of afternoon kids club kind of deal. And he's expanded it into a full-time position for two decades. <laughs> and like, which Not a bad gig. It is kind of dumb that he's like, having so much trouble with his finances because like he's finagled it pretty nice for himself yeah yeah exactly it's 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 a very uh like like i i i can i can respect it like if i could make up a position at a place and just have that made up position like oh it'd be great yeah and, and so yeah so she sees all this and then she also notices that he's very buddy buddy with uh the police chief so she's like that's not good like this guy's fucking up left and right and he's just cool with the police chief and he's not dis- disciplining him so yeah and immediately told joe that he needed to attend roll call every morning in uniform and also that she needed to see the books for his explorer plug club program and uh yeah almost overnight shit got real bad for joe when she uh asked about that now george felico heard all this information he was like all right, I need to take a look at this Explorer Club program. And because the way they were talking about the, the, him and uh, Mike Behan were talking about Anne Moran, they were just like, yo, dude, like she's always on my ass. She's getting, she's asking me to log my hours for this. Basically asking him to do his damn job correctly. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and stop squandering taxpayers' money, you know, just and sending shirtless pics to your fake daughter-in-law, you know? And so, yeah. so she was like, so they're like a little stressed out about this guy. So this thing's Felinko is like, okay, I need to check out What's actually going on in this Explorer Club program? So the program operated out of its own separate building. Now, mind you, most like Explorer Club programs for police departments are like, hey, we got enough money for like, we, we can buy a few pizzas every month. And then like, you know, we'll hang out with these kids and we'll teach them a few like, you know, how to give DUI tests or whatever. You know, it's not, it's not. Right. A, They're not funded like the rest of the police department that's getting tanks and stuff. It's a little different. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. But like, so. They go in there and they open up this building and you mentioned tanks. It's kind of funny. They find a multitude, just a ton of tactical riot gear, like high quality (laughs) stuff and like military grade equipment. And they're just like, okay, this is weird. Like, like the, like it's like the police department should have this. Well, I mean, I don't think the police department should have that, but yeah. (laughs) Like this this stuff is so nice. Most people don't want the real police to have it, let alone. Yeah. 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 That's how good this stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were like, okay. So they, then they found a whole bunch of videotapes. They started going through these videotapes. And it's just Joe, like, 
training these fucking high schoolers to like raid houses. Like he's teaching them how to like clear residences. They're like repelling. I would imagine. I don't know if they actually repel, but it sounds like they repel. Yeah, he's forming a. He's he's like a Co- Joseph Coney. He's like yeah yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a child a, army. Forming a child he's... army, and uh, <laughs> like and then yeah, just very like and then he he had them running all sorts of crazy fucking drills and like teaching them like 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 combat stuff. It was very odd. But they noticed that on the video where they were uh, training was the field right next to the abandoned concrete mill where Joe had been found dead. So mm. that's just that's just strange. You know what I'm saying? Like you just so happen to get found dead in the place that you regularly hold training exercises at, you know? Curious. Yeah. yeah. Curious to say the least. So they were like the, the final kind of uh so they were like okay like well we got to dive into these records because the day before Joe's death uh Anne Marin had been like hey I need those your records I need your receipts and Joe had been like well it's going to take a while maybe like I can get in a couple days just no I need my clothes business tomorrow and he was like okay well they started going through uh the a forensic analysis of the Explorer Club financial records and that just showed very clearly, like, not even, like, an attempt to hide it. Like, almost thinking no one would ever check it. Uh, right. Over the last, like, like over the last, at least for the, as far as they go back, for, like, five years, Joe had embezzled over $100,000. God damn. Out okay. of the Explorer Club. Yeah. And, like, I, I'll, like, they never get in to what he was going to do with all this fucking riot equipment. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like, that doesn't come, I, 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 my theory is that he was going to sell it. Like, yeah, he I mean, bought it using I, I think he club just, money. yeah, I, I think he just like, cause based on everything else I know about this guy, like those are toys to him. Like he just like yeah. likes cool toys and then yeah, he'll probably yeah, just flip it to people. Cause everyone he knows, I'm assuming also likes dumb shit like that. And so yeah, buy it. <laughs> yeah I, got this, I met this really nice guy. He's from a uh, Chechnya, Chechnya. I don't know where he's from, but anyways, I'm going to go ahead and, <laughs> And I'm going to sell him this paramilitary uh, troop uh, troop carrying vehicle I have. Um, yeah, and like also like uh, yeah, it's just like yeah, there's a market for it. Yeah, you just, like, people that's that that's his you know that's his folks. Like he knows who would buy that shit. And then yeah. uh, they started looking at like what he was spending all of this money on. And basically, it was just you know nothing nothing new or unique. He was just using the Explorer Club budget as his fucking. Uh, his, his his piggy bank essentially, yeah. So his bank account for sure. They then they were like, okay, so they started taking the fact that he was clearly embezzling money, and then they put that up against his uh, his text messages in the days leading up to his death, and this was the story of like the last few days of Joe's of Joe's life. Um, he made a frantic last ditch effort to get the Explorers Club transferred out of the police jurisdiction and be attached to a local Boy Scouts of America troop. <laughs> so it would be out of the reach of, of Anne Marin. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's which... basically international waters. If it's the Boy Scouts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Cayman Islands of, uh, of yeah, yeah, organizations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We, we, here we follow. We blow law. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like you gotta fucking like you make a god's eye and like stitch the accusation in the god's eye. That's how you formally file yep. a claim. Uh, <laughs> were you ever in any kind of like scouting program? No, I wasn't. I did. I went to summer camp, but uh, oh yeah, I, like a YMCA camp. But uh, I never did Girl Scouts or anything. Yeah, I did Cub Scouts for like a little bit. I think like a couple months, 
and then like the dude who was running it just like didn't give a shit and so like nothing ever happened and then like I was like well oh, no, it was still pretty cool I got this little uniform and I wore it to school and was like oh I don't want to be a part of this organization at all <laughs> I, I, you found out very quickly it was not cool to not cool to do <laughs> yeah 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 so I'm not gonna get bullied for fucking 11 years just to get the pocket knife you know so yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I was out but yeah, so yeah, he wanted to get it like, like, if you, if like, again, this is like, at this point, this is his Ray Liotta moment. This is like Henry Hill, choppers are in the fucking sky, and he's just like, what do I do? What do I do? I'll Grandma. put it to the Boy Scouts. Yeah, like, which is, I don't know, man. I guess that's just like, you know, a frantic mind. So Worth then. Worth a try, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the day before his death, obviously, Anne Marin had demanded to see receipts for every transaction the Explorers Club had ever made. Um so he was, did he call, yeah, he called uh, like uh, his homeboy, uh, the police chief, bitching about that. Then he calls Katie Graham, his uh, fake daughter-in-law, and he mm-hmm. asks to contact, She he asked if she could get in contact with a guy they both knew named Whitey. And then okay. she basically was like, yeah. And he goes, all right, let's finish this up offline. Now this guy, Whitey, is like a, pretty much like a, an organized crime figure in that area. And mm-hmm. so... There's a school of thought because he has then said in a text to Mike Behan talking about Anne Marin, he goes, man, I, I sure would like to get rid of her. I'd like to take care of her. And oh, man. Okay. So now he's calling Whitey. Discuss, he's going yeah. offline. All right. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going on. Yeah. Don't go offline, bro. Don't go, don't go <laughs> offline. You know? <laughs> so then he has discussion with Mike Behan about the possibility of taking the cocaine at his desk and stashing and planting it on old girl and getting her busted for coke. Ah, okay. Yeah. So the, the reason all... he had cocaine in his desk was actually worse than the reason I thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It was but... worse than just that he's a cop yeah. who does cocaine. He's like, no, he I don't have a drug problem. I'm trying to ruin an innocent woman's life. <laughs> don't be crazy. So... <laughs> Yeah, so he uh, so they like he has a thing with Mike Behan. They talk about you know, they 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 talk about the cocaine. So at this point, he he ends up talking to the mayor, and the mayor tells him that he can that yeah he can go ahead and move the fucking the the over to the Boy Scouts. But mm-hmm. he's like okay, but then he's like yeah he's like I still but Anne Marin was like yeah I still need those documents. So that doesn't mean you know just because you're moved doesn't mean you just, you don't have to give them to us. And yeah. so. It's at this point in our story when Joe realized that he had no way of getting out of being caught. He made the decision to wake up early the next morning and call into dispatch that he was pursuing three suspects into the marsh by the old abandoned concrete plant. And it was there that Joe threw his gear out into the brush to give it the appearance that it had been stripped from his body by assailants and ditched as they escaped. Uh, He then fired his 40 caliber department issue pistol into his chest making sure to go beneath the bulletproof vest and to also hit his cell phone in the process, which in his mind would uh, destroy the evidence of the true extent of his crimes. Damn. So he just, this was just like, he didn't want, like, suicide is for pussies, and also I don't want people to know about all my misuse of teenager funds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, well, because I also think at this point, in the attempt to cover it up, he starts talking about, hey, can I talk to Whitey? Yeah, that's yeah, true. He yeah, already yeah. talked to Whitey at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's like, of... well, I better stop digging this hole and just get out of here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, basically. Like, so this fool fucking, yeah, then he goes, uh, so yeah, Joe, Joe does that. And then he also, and this is just like horrifying. He, he does that first shot and then he just survives long enough to just fire off one more shot into his own chest. Uh, 
before collapsing to the ground and bleeding out. And yeah, I mean, he's a tough motherfucker. Like yeah, that. yeah, tough, tough dude. Uh, he's always talking about his pain tolerance and shit. And like, that's what like George Felinko was like, man, it's all starting to make sense. Like, yeah, of course he's the guy that can shoot himself in the fucking chest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so George Felinko then had to announce these findings to the town of Fox Lake. And who at this point were in the process of planning a benefit concert for Joe's family, which was supposedly going <laughs> to, fe- which was going to feature Lee Greenwood. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're all, they would all find all of this fine. Yeah. Knowing yeah. Lee Greenwood. Yeah. yeah. Dude, like, yeah I, I was, uh, you know, I was a kid during desert storm. My parents were in the military. So yeah, I heard, I heard God bless the USA by Lee Greenwood quite a bit. And my dad would actually call me into the uh, the living room with my little Fisher Price like little box thing when all of his, him and his friends were drunk, and I would sing "God Bless the USA" by Lee Greenwood at like four years old in a military apartment. In, and that's uh, how you Hannah. got your start as a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, I really like this, and they gave me drink tickets, and I was like, I'm in. Uh, so at this point, yeah, at this point, Melody had already received over $100,000 in charitable donations. Um, a tribute car featuring Joe's name and badge had been auctioned off, and the town of Fox Lake had spent well over $300,000 chasing down the men who shot Joe. Now, interesting f- fact, 200000 of that 300000 was spent on overtime. Not for the search itself, but for all the officers who attended Joe's funeral on Labor Day. Hell yeah. <laughs> this guy, yeah, get... even in death, he loves to waste police yeah. department funds. He can't help himself. He loves it. Cannot help but fuck Fox Lake out of his <laughs> several hundred thousand dollars, man. So uh, that's kind of where the story ends. Except the, uh, the further investigations revealed that Joe's wife, Melody, was actually... Very aware of his criminal dealings in the uh, Explorers Club. Uh, Melody has since been charged with six counts of money laundering and paying personal expenses with misappropriated funds between September 2008 and September 2015. Um, Well, yeah, of course she knew about the money laundering. That's she was getting all those vacations. Yeah, exactly. That's how she was getting taken on vacation. Exactly. And that was probably more like, like, hey, I'm not just going to expose you for cheating. I'm going to expose you for, you know the crimes that you're right. committing as well. So she had yeah. this dude by the fucking balls, man. And it's kind of like, it's funny because Joe is like in perfect chiseled shape. And um, to quote my dad once more, I will say that uh, as he would say, they made a perfect 10. She, he was the one and she was the zero. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she's had this dude, like this like big brawny ass dude just by the balls, which is hilarious. And they, they looked up what her charges uh, were in this, the, all the things that are all the, what she was spending her money on. And it wasn't even like, Oh, she, she, she did a couple trips to Hawaii. That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. she bought a ton of Starbucks, a ton of Dunkin' Donuts and went to the movies quite a bit. Uh, but nice. then she, they, but they, they also said over that, uh, 2008, 2015. So yeah, it's a seven year period in seven years. The, the indictment, uh, or in seven years, the funds were used to pay over 400 restaurant bills. <laughs> so Hell I mean, yeah. 400 lunches, baby. Yeah. I mean, no. that's not... Okay, seven years, that's what? Like, 365? What? Like, uh, you know, once or twice a week? That's not bad. Yeah, I'm no, okay no. with that. It's not... It, it's kind of cool. It's funny at that point. It's like, she, you know that she was just like, yeah, like, at this point, it's not even stolen money. It's just like, a, it's a source of income at that point. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's just like, no, that's how they're getting the twice a week lunches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah that's, hey, man, you got it. You got it. You don't work. You don't eat. You don't grind. You don't shine, baby. You know, like that's I've always said that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was that was the, it, it really fucked up the community. Um, at one point, somebody had made a, tr- a memorial to uh, Joe that had G.I. Joe written on there. And then somebody went and vandalized it and changed it to G.I. Joke. Um, nice. They were yeah they were not able to attach like the narrative that they wanted to attach to it you know like uh, like this whole like mm-hmm. oh it's a uh, it's a hate crime against against the cop but if you'll notice that did not make nearly as many uh, headlines as the the initial shooting of him did uh, right I, I as always with a correction it it never reaches as many people yeah. as the initial misinformation yeah of course of course uh, so. That so yeah, Melody is actually set to go on trial this month. I wasn't able to find anything about her uh, her trial. It kept getting delayed due to COVID nineteen. So there's that. But um, yeah, everything's said and done. That is the story of Joe Glinowitz, uh, the super cop. That was not. And I'm gonna Rest say pissed, Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm gonna say worth it. Like okay, this is what bugs me. Dog, you got you, you embezzled what like a hundred grand? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, well you're gonna you're gonna catch a couple of years. You killed yourself? Like that, that you couldn't yeah. you're like, oh, I'm gonna get caught for like stealing what and you and you offed yourself? I don't know, man. That's to me that is just like just indicative that like that dude is like is is uh, just a blank slate. It's like like I don't I would say almost sociopathy. It's like he can't exist in this world if he's not this perfect version of himself that he's been hawking to everybody. And yeah, I think I think that's why it, it happened because yeah, that's not that's not enough money to threaten to kill somebody else, threaten to plant drugs on somebody else. Yep. Kill yourself. Like it's really in the scam of schemes that or scheme of scams that we do here. Like it's pretty low yeah. on the list. Like that's not kill yourself amount of money, you know. Yeah, you go to jail for a while, but it is the thing that yeah. made it not worth living for him was that he wouldn't get to be super cop anymore. And that was his only identity. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Not that worth was it, it, man. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not worth it. And, uh, yeah. If you're gonna, I mean, you know, like if you're gonna have some fun on the employer's dime, man, I don't know. Just, just like own it when it comes up to it, like, oh shit, that's it. But yeah, like that's the thing. Yeah. He, like you said, he, he needed to live that life where he was like this mythical, uh, mythical person. Also, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, of his misdeeds, that I didn't cover here because most of this is like kind of straying off of our, our normal subject matter with like the suicide. Mm-hmm. And he also, um, several female coworkers, uh, came forth and said that he was like, uh, like, like coerced him into sexual situations. Um, yeah. Like, not ma- shocking given what we yeah. know about this guy. Yeah. Manipulated. Abused his power. Yeah. yeah. Manipulated events to where he would wind up like they, they would be on the same like work detail and they'd have to share a hotel and shit, you know, just, you know, always did all that creepy guy shit, putting himself in the right place at the right time. So, yep. yeah, uh, fuck him to death. Rest in piss. You were right. Joe Glinowitz. <laughs> yeah, eat a bag of shit, man. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we do this twice a week, or twice a month, rather. We, we do two episodes a month. And if you want to subscribe to our Patreon and get our whole back catalog and two more episodes a month, uh, you can just go to Lie, Cheat, and Steal. I'm sorry. Patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. That's A and D. You can find me uh, on Twitter. It's at PZTX, P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X. And uh, yeah, that's where I post all my show dates and my tour dates and stuff. And uh, yeah, you guys can check that out there. Kath, you got anything for us? 
Yeah, um, December 10th. I think this is going to come out before then. Uh, December 10th, I have uh, the Paid Protest show is coming back. Uh, Return of my old monthly show, Paid Protest. Uh, Secret Loft on 14th Street, December 10th, 10 p.m. Uh, We have a really good lineup. Um, Joe Firestone, I believe, is headlining. And uh, yeah, it should be really fun, and it raises money for socialism, and uh, I'd really like if you could come out to that. I also have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive, uh, which is about dumb news stories that comes out every week. Um, I think that's all I have to plug. Follow me on social media, Kath Barbadoro. I will post stand-up dates there. Yeah, cool. Well, hell yeah. Well, Kath, it was good talking to you today. Uh, I'm going to go retreat back into my post-Thanksgiving hole. Uh, Guys, it was good talking to you guys. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening. Be safe. Be smart. Uh, But above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time. Bye.